Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Everybody, this is Rev, and welcome to episode 14 of The Crit Show. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that Gen Con is tomorrow if you're listening to this on Wednesday. We have a show on Friday, a live recording of The Crit Show from 6 to 8 p.m. You can get your tickets online, or I believe you can use some generic tickets to get in the door. We would love to see you there. We're probably going to be giving away a lot of dice because the guys have decided they're going to give away every pair of dice that fails them. And I don't know if you've been paying attention lately, but all dice fail them, it seems. Like I said before, we play another game that we are kind of prepping to put out, and I swear we do not roll as badly in that game. Anyway, we are also now pretty active on Twitch. We have got a setup, we've been playing some games, so if you are someone who enjoys watching people play games or playing games, find us on Twitch. We are The Crit Show. I want to say thank you again for everybody who is sharing the show. I keep getting messages from people saying, oh man, a friend of mine told me. Oh man, I heard from a friend. Word of mouth is the best thing for us. So to everyone who is just starting in with us, thanks so much for joining us. For everyone who has been here since we started, thank you for spreading the word. It has made a huge difference. So again, everybody, thank you for joining us. And it's time to let the recap roll. You see slowly coming into the frame of the window, very far away, the planet Earth. And she says, welcome to the Eye of Horus. <gasps> I'm so happy right now. One of my officers, uh, David Young, he died. His suit malfunctioned while he was doing a spacewalk. Fluctuations of heat in the rooms. 
Footage from security cameras being glitched. The breathable air in rooms malfunctioning. There were problems all over the ship. Now the problem seemed to be in engineering. Tass, Tass, the thing was in the monitors. It just looked right at us and then it disappeared. So, we've been introduced. That ain't great. You see that around the seal, things are starting to detach. (gasps) Get out! And the last thing you see is TJ pressed against the glass of the door that has closed looking at you as the room drifts away into space. TJ, the door slams in front of you and you hear the hiss as the room separates from the rest of the station. You see Tass turn around and look at you and you get this odd falling sensation as the room falls away from the rest of the space station. But in that moment, something phenomenal happens. I believe you level up. I leveled up. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, with that uh, under pressure roll, I uh, got my fifth level. So TJ and I have talked a little bit since the beginning just of this recording. We had always thought like, oh, what's going to happen? What is his purpose? So TJ and I had talked a little bit about what he might become. And ultimately, at some point, I said, TJ, do you trust me? And he said, I do. I said, all right, I'm just going to give you a sheet later because I think I found what you're going to (laughs) become and it'll be a nice surprise for you too. So I'm going to hand TJ a sheet. It does not say his class because I've combined two that I found online to make the class that I am calling the science guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I have taken... The Mad Scientist, created by Reed Zilla, and I'm taking The Action Scientist, created by Michael Sands, who wrote this game, and I have kind of mashed them together to fit what it is that TJ has been doing. So you've leveled up. What are you going to take for your stat block? I'm going to go with the middle stat block, which uh, takes my charm to negative one. It takes my cool to plus one, which it already was there. I will then get a real... Big boost in sharp with a plus two. My tough goes way down, though, to a negative two. Oof. And then uh, my weird goes up to plus two. So, like, it went from negative one as TJ to plus two as TJ the science guy. All right. So, something in your brain unlocked. All of a sudden, you're like Neo in the Matrix. You're like, oh, I see it all now. Yeah. So, he gets two plus twos right off the bat. Right. So, what about your moves well uh how about the area of study that uh oh that's right as the scientist you have an area of study so what is your area of study uh i went with since i'm basically just a builder of things i went with philosophical engineering so what about your moves my moves in this case i went with uh i got three i went with refactoring which is uh you may take any two devices and rebuild them together, gaining all the abilities of each component device. The new device is the same size as the larger component. It will have all the tags of the components, except you may delete or change one tag. Okay, so if you had built the armor from the Halifax, and mm-hmm. you'd also built the... And like during the test, you made the remove color gun. You could combine the armor and the color gun. So this armor, that would be one of its abilities, would be to shoot out those rays to remove the color from the room. Right. And it would be the size of the armor still because it's got to be the larger thing. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I think that's pretty awesome considering I still have weird science, right? right? So you can essentially... 
the you're sky's com- the you're limit. Combining items just to save space. You're I'm like, gonna make a mech suit eventually. Oh, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Yeah. Uh, then the next one I got because I my my tough went down. Uh, I have what is known as two fisted science, and it's uh, you may roll sharp to kick some ass instead of tough. Oh. And since my Sharp is now plus two. I'm actually a little bit tougher because of that. That's a good one. Tass, don't you also roll something else instead of tough to fight? Nope. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and does not apply to facts. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got one that I was like, yeah, that sounds like it might really come in handy in a tough spot. And it's called Destructive Genius. Given a bit of time, you can turn household accessible items into a temporary but hideous weapon when you try this roll plus weird and of course like uh the different uh successes have different results um like on a 10 it does two harm magic close loud one use and then on a mixed success one harm magic close loud one use and then on a miss i suffer one harm as it blows up in my face okay okay so you're basically just grabbing stuff that is around and making some unstable device to use Okay, so what about your um, what about your gear? It says I get to pick one weird science weapon and one backup weapon. Um, so I chose out of the atomic chainsaw, the power claw, the electro blaster, the sonic rifle, and the goo gun. I went with the electro blaster. That seems fitting. Yes, and uh, it is three harm, close, messy, and unreliable. All right. And then as a backup weapon, which I get to pick one, I went with. The scalpel, but I think instead of the scalpel, we'll change it to like a screwdriver if that'd be all right. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because like I just have that belt of tools and I think one of the tools happens to be a a really sharp screwdriver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, It makes way more sense with your kind of mechanic vibe. Absolutely. All right. So I think that's all for your level up. Yeah. So you are no longer the mundane. You may have found what it is that you're going to become. So as the room starts to float away, the gravity stops and you start to float. But as this happens, things in lockers and behind panels and, you know, on the floor and on the workshop benches start to float around and there's all this gear around and you just start grabbing stuff. There's this lab coat. There's a pair of welding goggles. (laughs) There is this strange blaster gun. All the things that you acquire in your level up happen to be in this room and as you're just reaching, grabbing for things, trying to figure out what to do. Now, the real question is, TJ, what the f*** do you want to do? You're floating away in space. I'm going to invent something that's going to get me out of this situation. I'm going to look for like some kind of space suit within this engineering bay. Yeah, there actually is one. Awesome. Uh, is it a, a full functioning spacesuit or is it the one that David Young had? It is the one that David Young had. You can see that they must have stored his gear in here. But as you roll investigate a mystery. Okay. That would be with my new sharp. I got a 10. All right. You get a hold two. What is being concealed here? Inside of the suit, as you kind of pull it apart to start creating whatever it is you have in your head, you find a couple of what seem like animatronic pieces. There's something in the suit that's like an elbow joint. There are a couple of fingers in the glove, and they almost look like when the Terminator has all his skin melted away. Are they moving? They are not. 
uh, so they don't have any real power going to them. Or they don't, like and it's that. just a couple of pieces inside of it. It's not like a whole skeleton. It's just some fingers, a knee, an elbow, part of a rib cage. It's just pieces. Gotcha. Okay, so um, I'm gonna take all those pieces out of the suit. Okay, so that I can at least use the suit myself. All right. You hear clumping against the door, and you see bright light outside the door and the dark silhouette in the window looking at you and it's pounding on the door oh great with this creature outside the space station starting to drift further away read a bad situation Uh, damn it six (laughs) you think the best thing to do would be to try and reconnect this to the space station the the engineering lab yeah so i'm gonna look for some acetylene torches and uh oxygen tanks so then i am going to find the back wall that the part of the engineering bay that is the furthest away from the from the actual space station in relation and i want to use uh explosive decompression to shoot the engineering lab back into the Space station. This is the most baller move. Yeah, it is. I'm so glad you got to level up right before you die. But this is the coolest no. thing. Right. I'm pretty sure crashing into a space station at high speeds is just seven harm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what would this even be? Roll LOL. <laughs> I think it's going to be Act sharp to see if you can get the angle of it to go in the right direction. So straight up sharp? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roll straight up sharp. I want to kind of prepare before I do this, though. All right. Um, so I'm going to take the spacesuit, that, mm. the empty spacesuit, yeah. and I'm going to put it on. Okay. And I'm just going to put a plastic bag <laughs> over my head. You start to suffocate. Of course I do. <laughs> um, I take it off, obviously. There's a You see a sticker at the bottom that has the little graphic of, do not put this over your head. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, I do not condone putting plastic bags over heads. Good. But this Good. is an emergency. Um, I'm going to also find some like hose. You like, hear creaking at the door right. as the I, creature starts to pry it open. Oh, God. I'm, uh, I'm going to find some hose, and I'm going to use it to tie myself from flying into things as this is hurtling through space. All right. Roll act under pressure to get all this done before the creature gets inside. Oh, God. 11. Oh, yeah. All right. You do exactly that. You start... It's almost like you've been in zero gravity before. You start pushing off of tables, doing spins in the air. There is a hose for some reason that is already kind of tied in a lasso, and you just sail through it and <laughs> cinch it as your waist passes through. And I, I assume the blue Danube is playing. Yes, exactly. Oh, what is it? So you land at the back of the engineering bay, and you start to cut into the back wall with this acetylene torch. Jake and Tass, the door has slammed, and you see TJ drifting away. What are you doing? Panicking? I know they told me it's not going to work, but I'm going to try to teleport. Yeah, it feels just like in Margaret's office. It's strain, strain, nothing happens. Shit! What do we do now? Uh, We need to find an enormous space lasso. We need to get that <laughs> thing back somehow. Yeehaw! Is there a harpoon gun or something? 
the comms. Oh God, we gotta call somebody. I'm gonna kind of scramble around and look for the the comm to call anybody. <laughs> yeah. So there is a comm unit on the wall in the computer bay. Okay, I'm gonna hit it. Uh, uh, we need help up here. Engineering room just got jettisoned by the creature. The creature is in it, and TJ is also. And oh my God! Yes, we've got the readout here that uh, the room seems to be missing. That's not great. No, you're right. That it is not great. I agree. Um, are, are there suits anywhere close to us? If you go down the ladder into the room directly across the hall, that is the training room where Riley, he trains everyone to spacewalk. The equipment for spacewalk is in that room. Is there a long length of rope? Well, yes. When you spacewalk, you tie off to the ship. Oh, that's so fair. All of the equipment for spacewalk is in that room. Oh, good. So okay. not the rope. We have uh, high-tension steel. I'm already running for the ladder and sliding down. Yeah, likewise, I'm right behind him. Okay, so you guys go down the ladder, and sure enough, right across the hallway, you see there's a little placard that says training, and inside of that room, you see a couple of cubbies with spacesuits in them. Some of them are empty. You see all the equipment that they use when they spacewalk. I am already putting on a suit. Yeah, same. Okay. As you guys are trying to put these suits on, it is not a simple task. You're trying to figure out what goes where, you know, what direction it twists to seal, what locks it, what powers it on. And Riley comes in the room. I heard you guys over the comms. What, what's going on? What can I help with? This is, this is my area of expertise. Get us into these things, man. We got to get those doors open up there and try to reel that thing back in. TJ's in there. Okay. Either you have been in space before? Nope. Nope. Great. Can't fail. Full heart. Can't fail. Whatever that phrase is, I'm sure it'll be fine. And you see him, he grabs the winch and starts moving it over towards a door at the end of this room. And he starts setting it up. All right. Talk us through how to put these suits on. Okay. So everywhere you see the black seal, twist it clockwise, clockwise, clockwise. You should hear a click when it locks into place. Once they're all in place, you should hear a little bit of a hum. Okay. Yeah. Just following his instructions. Yeah. And it does. Everything locks into place. Once you get the final thing in place, you hear a little bit of a hum. The lights turn on inside. You feel the air starting to cycle through. Everything is good. I We need another person if we're going to operate two of these. I can go. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'm me. Me, me, me. All right. And so he hooks it to your back. Uh, if you want someone else, if you both need to be out there, go push the button. Tell him we need another winch operator. And he is putting the stuff through the back. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, hit, hit the comm and okay. start screaming for a winch operator. Yeah, so you push the button and... You scream in, you know, we need another operator down here. And a few moments pass and the commander comes in and she starts to suit up. No offense, but neither one of you know what you're doing. I'm not going to lose you both in the void of space. At least let one of us go that has some experience with this. You operate the winch. Okay. I promise you, off and on is far less dangerous than what we're about to do. Good luck to you, Jack. I nod quietly in terror. You and the commander are fully suited up. They latch on all of the equipment. You step through the seal. The door closes. You can see that they're feeding the wire through a hole in the door. She looks at you, and you hear through her headset, ready? Yeah. And she's just staring you in the eye, and she reaches out and hits a button, and the door blows open. You guys start to drift out. You see off in the distance the creature that you saw in the video climbing around on the engineering bay as it floats away. That's it. That's the thing. That's the golem or whatever it is. Riley gives you a plus one ongoing as you operate this winch because he is yelling instructions as you go. Sweet. 
Roll straight sharp. Mm. Oh, I am never not using these dice. Daddy Lake. 12. 12. Excellent. So you, Jake, and the commander have free access to move. Every time you move, it seems to be adjusting with you. There's no issue. You're not getting caught up. What are you doing? Uh, I'm using the thrusters to move directly toward the, the jettisoned compartment. Roll act under pressure. Eight. It's gotten so far away that as you and the commander go out, all of a sudden you're both jarred to a stop. This is all the length that we have. We can still reach him, but what we have to do is either detach one of us from the station and connect as a chain, a link, one of us be in the middle to make double length, or disconnect from here and go and hope for the best. Um, I guess for the moment I'll do the link i'll i'll keep her in the middle and i'll go out because like worst case if i still can't reach it then i can detach and hope for the best okay so she grabs a hold of your safety line riley cut him loose and you feel just a little bit of a, a shake and suddenly your leash is longer and you continue to go out this creature is banging and prying on the door as you get closer and closer to the bay at drift tj it's time Roll straight sharp to see if you can get the proper angle on thrusting this back towards the space station. Oh my god! Oh my god! What'd you get? Got four with the snake eyes. You cut through and you're trying to get the angle, but again, that creature is there and pounding and prying, and so it's hard to see. And you think you see the white of the station. You puncture through. Jake, as you are drifting towards this thing, it starts to move pretty rapidly towards you, but above you, and it looks like it is heading towards the moon. You see that you are slowly starting again to run out of cable to travel. You see the creature prying open the door. Roll read a bad situation, because I don't know that they get much worse. Uh, seven. You get a hold one. What's the best way to protect the victims? I need to help TJ. What's my best way to help TJ? You know that your best way, obviously, to help TJ is to get him back onto the ship. And as you're having this thought, you remember walking through the command center and taking a picture of the symbols over the door. And you remember her saying, we distorted the symbols so that you could teleport up here. And you suddenly have the thought that if you can get into the engineering bay, distort the symbols above those doors, get someone to do the same thing inside, you could teleport. Okay. I need to make my way to one of the windows on this thing. Really, where you probably want to go is the door that the creature almost has open. Because like I said, you see it prying this door open. So you almost have an entryway in. But you have to deal with the creature. Yeah, and with no weapon. Mm -hmm. And in space. Like, this sounds super rad. I am going to get schooled. But screw it. I'll go to the door. I don't think you have any problem getting there using what is left of the thrusters on this pack. What do you want to do when you get there? Depends what the monster does to me. <laughs> like, are you... What is your arrival? Is your arrival clutching on to the creature? Is it trying to push it away from the door? Like, what are you actually doing when you get there? Body checking the creature. Okay. With what leverage? Just the momentum of, of your... my thrusters, yeah. Roll kicks some ass. Ten. All right, so... You use the thrusters on the suit to move closer and closer towards 
the detached engineering department. You see the creature banging at the door. You're like, you know what? I'm going to slam into it and get it out of here. With a 10, you body check it and you grab onto the door and you're now in front of the door and you can see inside TJ's in the back just standing by a hole and there's stuff flying around and you can feel that this thing is moving at a pretty good click. Knock on the window to get TJ's attention. Screw up the runes. Mess up the runes so I can teleport. So yeah, TJ, you see Jake now suddenly at the front door. I'm going to try and make my way to the front door. Give him like, what is, what's happening? Um, okay, so on the comms, I'm going to be like, which, which rune does TJ need to screw up? Which runes do we need to break so that I can teleport here? And you hear the commander say, Reeves would know and she's not on here. So just, just mess them up. Riley, make sure to get rid of the ones in the training room. That way they can come back. All right, I'm just trying my best to gesture that to TJ. I'm like pointing it like around the doorway and like making scratching motions. So yeah, you look up as he's pointing up and you see the runes. I will pull out one of my tools out of my belt and I will start to scratch scratch it up. Yeah, they scratch away and you can see him chipping away at them working. Okay, and I mean, I'm just essentially like focused down, just waiting for the the snap, like waiting for it to work. Yeah, and it does all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you are next to TJ. And I grab him, and I'm like, on the comms, I'm like, are we good back there? Tass, you see that Riley has finished scratching away the stuff on the door in the training room. We're good. We're good, man. Okay, I'm going to try and take us back to the training room. And you guys both... Oh, you got to roll that. I got to roll that, Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to spend a point of luck. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he just spent a point of luck on snake eyes. Uh, yeah, which is probably for the best, honestly. I mean, you only would have teleported into the sun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's line of sight, so that makes sense. Exactly. Right, yeah. So with your point of luck, you both appear inside of the training room. Uh, reel me in. I do. All right. So it doesn't take very long. You reel her back in. Riley puts on the comms and calls for Reeves to get down there and try to fix these runes. And it's just, you know, a minute or two and you're all back in the room. Everyone's out of suits. I'm I'm like giving TJ a once over. Like, are you okay? Are you all right? Did anything? What are you wearing? What is this? I love the look. What is this? I just found all this stuff here and I, I, I felt compelled to really just, I felt good putting all this stuff on. And, and I think I, I understand it all now. I think I understand how it all comes together. I think the decompression really messed with his head. Yeah, I think he so was too. Floating into the void, and he decided to do like a Barbie dream closet montage instead of fixing the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where's my uh, my pink uh, sports car? <laughs> so what the hell happened to the thing? It looked like you hit it. Uh, I kind of smashed into it on my way to the compartment, and it drifted away. D- did we do it? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if it can get back or not. Oh, God. He's actually a big problem for us. That was our fabrication lab and our engineering bay. So we got problems right here in Eye of Horus. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, shit. I'm just looking around, (laughs) having no idea what to do now. You look lost. Were you thinking of maybe changing this room into engineering room or something? Yeah, kind of. It's not this simple redecoration. Oh, no. Also, no, never mind. That thing had changed direction. It was heading for the moon, right? Yeah. It is not going to smash into Earth somewhere. Correct. It was headed towards the moon. Which might be its own slew of problems. I don't know. No. Which is news for you, TJ. You were actually shooting towards the moon, not towards the space station. 
Really? The, the, the moon, you say? Yeah, you were on your way there. Wow. That's, that is something. That's just great. Hey, is there any way I might be able to help you guys rebuild this place up or anything? Well, I suppose um, the thing that we would need to do is go and gather components from other areas of the ship, from outside even, some of the things we have used to build and fabricate and uh, collect them into a room so we can try to get some semblance of our fabrication lab in our engineering bay back uh, because we will all surely die without that. No, it's not quite that serious, but we will, we will have some serious problems. Oh my God, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> surely die was the words that she just... Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, don't worry about dying and don't call me Shirley. You can go. Put him back on the thing. <laughs> yeah, I just teleport him back out into the cold void of space and wave goodbye and then teleport back in. He weren't your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Sad. I'm sad now. I don't know what it takes to kill a golem. I don't know if it can like rematerialize. I feel like we need to go talk to Reeves and see what she knows about it. Like maybe we just solved this problem. Maybe we didn't, but I don't have the answer. I bet she does. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. Let's do it. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. So you guys head to the Arcanum. As you approach, you can see out the windows that it's a very large room, and you can see the curvature of it, like it is a very large circle. And you can see that inside the whole room is actually shaped like a star, And so from the outside, this room from above looks like a pentagram. And Reeves is in the middle of the room going through some books and making some notes. Hi, uh, sorry to bother you. You're Reeves, right? Oh, yes. Hi. Hi, um, we were just hoping we could ask a few questions. We've kind of discovered a couple of things and just we would love, love, love some insight right now. Oh, okay. What, What do you want to know? We at least know that we're dealing with a golem of some kind. Oh, like ancient, made of clay, feed it a name, and it will kill the person whose name is on that paper? Yeah, except like not so much clay and more bright murder light. Oh, and she moves across the room to a area of bookshelves and starts digging through some books. What else do you know? Because that sounds very unusual. I, as far as I know, golems have to be made of something, not, not light. I know that it can hear us and respond to things we say and act upon them. You know, that creature that attacked uh, White, it was in the machines in the engineering room. It looked at, I think, TJ through the screen and it, yeah. um, it, re- it responded. It popped the latches and, you know, severed that room from the station. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's made of energy for sure. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think your dog understands you? K- kinda, yeah. Or is it responding to stimuluses in the room? Okay, when you put it that way, I mean, that's still kind of communication, right? Well, yes, but uh, all I'm saying is that, at least from my studies, golems are mindless. They have to be told exactly what to do. Oh, I see what you mean. So just that it's responding at all. You're saying it's not a golem. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that maybe you're ascribing human personalities to an inanimate object. 
you see it, look at someone and you think it's because they said something as opposed to it just noticed that you're there. Okay. I mean, one way or another, yeah, that. It definitely did respond to us being there and acted. We'll use adversely would be its response. What did you see of the golem other than light? Because that doesn't seem like something that a golem could be made of. Oh, in the uh, recording, we saw kind of a black silhouette at the center of it. And it was uh, on the It was on the room, essentially, as it was hurtling through space, trying to claw its way in. It's a physical being. Like, I impacted it. So it's tangible, whatever it is. Oh, so not light. It looks like light. It looks like a bright light, but it's got... Density? Mass? Yes, density. Oh, now I'm just questioning all of this. Who told you this was a golem? (laughs) Uh, oh, who was it? Oh, God. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. But that's something we saw, too, before it detached, is um, it, it was using the fabricators. It was making, like, humanoid parts. I saw distinctly a mechanical hand. Oh. That's true. And also, whenever I discovered David Young's uh, spacesuit in the engineering bay, it had actual parts inside of it, like humanoid-looking mechanical parts. Like like Terminator skeleton in the suit? Yeah, Okay, that ain't great. No. I mean, that would make sense. You could make a golem, I imagine, out of, well, just a second, let's see here. And she starts flipping through a book, and she moves it to the desk in the middle of the room. I can find here that there have been cases of people using, well, of course, there's the clay golems. Oh, Golgotha, that's a that's a messy golem. I don't see why you couldn't turn metal into a golem. I mean, it isn't an inanimate object that you then empower with magic to make it operate. Is there a way to uh, mix magic and technology together? Sort of like instead of putting like a piece of paper in a clay golem, you could program a robotic golem, but with magical whatever inside of it as well to make it more golem-like. Go on. Like it's not powered by electricity, it's powered by magic? Yeah. But Thank you for understanding what I'm saying, Yeah, I got you. But like the information it receives is still sort of in the form of like code. A magic robot. (laughs) I don't know. I deal with magic. I don't deal with technology. Okay, well that's changing the whole thing then. So what we're dealing with isn't strictly necessarily made of light because we are impacting it. So it's at least giving off light and potentially building a golem. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't know that phase one of this was Gollum. Right. But phase question mark is Gollum. Either that or my boy lied and I just can't imagine. He's a very honorable guy. I'm sure he knows what he's talking about and he's got our best interest at heart. No, I I believe you. Who's your guy? I noticed uh, that, uh, that symbol on your chest. Yeah, he is the defender. Oh, what does that mean? So to my understanding, there are like five entities that are sort of what we perceive as gods on Earth, Mm. and they are all kind of independently pulling strings and trying to uh, work their own agendas through humanity. And so I am uh, an agent of one of them, and he is called the Defender. Uh, And in my case, he's sort of presents as like an Odin-ish figure. But again, Odin's not really a, a thing. It's one of these five beings and just how we perceive them. Oh, I see. That explains the Thor vibe. Yes, very Thor vibe. That's just how he kind of presented to me. Maybe that's how you needed to see him. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. I like your hammer. Thank you. But yeah, she is at that table and she's still just flipping through and you can see over her shoulder just the different kinds of golems that they have, at least in this kind of older book registered. As she's doing that, I want to take a closer look and see if I can't 
research some more about the golems and maybe find more information about okay. them. Okay, so you want to like read over her shoulder to see what she's skipping over? Sure. Okay, roll investigate a mystery. Eight. You get one hold. What could hurt it? You see, as you read through, that one of the things that they consistently talk about is that the golem needs an objective. It physically is very impervious to damage. It is made out of something that can sustain damage. That way, you are essentially fighting an unstoppable force, and it takes a lot of magic to empower it to get it to move. The way to defeat the golem is either to let it achieve its goal or to convince the person who has set it on its path to change their mind and somehow interact with it to essentially disarm it or to kill the person who it is serving, thus severing the connection. And I, of course, uh, convey this to these two as well. Okay, well, that kind of answers some questions. So this thing that we've actually encountered probably isn't the golem. Do you have any books on any creatures? At all. At all. <laughs> Fish, birds. Uh, yes. Walrus. I even have an encyclopedia. I think we need to talk privately just to kind of put our heads together. Okay. And and discuss a few things. Sure. Okay, so I think I'll wait till we kind of get out in the hallway, close doors and things. Okay. So, okay, it has to be somebody on the station, right? I don't know. I mean, she didn't say anything about, like, proximity. If it is the thing trying to build a golem, which clearly we feel like it is, it was in the machines looking at TJ while things started to turn back on and fabricate. So the question is, is it one of these people or is it something or someone else? Clearly, we know it's not Riley or the commander. They were literally there with us while it was on the side of that station. Is this David? Is this him in a way? Yeah, we could watch the footage and see where everybody was during one of the attacks. Yeah. See if anyone's unaccounted for. Yeah, okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. And I think we head to uh, Fairchild. Uh, what can I help you boys with? Well, if it's all right with you, we were hoping to kind of go back over some footage with you. Yeah, we're, we're really wanting to try to check some uh, timestamps against a few things. I, I'd really like to be able to see kind of what's going on in the building in a few places at the same time that we have footage of, say, the, the creature uh, destroying the portal. Oh, sure. That's no problem. Uh, where all do you want to see? Uh, I'd particularly like to see the med bay, if that's possible. All right. And she pulls up the engineering bay on one screen. You've got the med bay on the bottom. She kind of goes through some notes, and she pulls up the time where that was destroyed, and she plays through it. She cycles it back about three or four minutes and lets it roll through and moves through it at double speed unless you stop her. Um, but you just see the med bay is sitting empty, and you see the creature, the light fill the room, come in. There's the static, the destruction of the teleporter, the flash of light, and then the return back to normalcy. So it's not like a zombie or anything. He's not walking. Is there any way to check the body? Yeah, you just go to the med bay. Well, then why don't we do that? All right, so you guys head to the med bay, and uh, and White is there laying in one of the beds. Is he awake or is he still out cold? He's he's awake. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I've, I've certainly been better. Um, sorry to bother you. We're just we're actually gonna go over, and uh, we haven't we haven't really got to inspect Young yet. So we're gonna. Well, do that. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah, good luck. Let me know if you need anything. So yeah. who's doing what? Uh, I'm going to go over and I'm going to inspect his body. I'm going to open up the cabinet that he's in and 
pull out the medical examiner's table. Okay. Uh, roll investigative mystery. Alrighty. Oh, jeez. Five? Oh, good. <laughs> uh, so you slide the body out and you put your hands down on it to start to look over. And as you're leaning across the body, you feel the track slip on the rail and you push down too hard and the body topples out as the metal clangs. <laughs> oh, God. God. Wait, what's going on back there? Does like a somersault or something backwards. Sorry, what's, sorry. The, what is that? What's going on? The track broke or something. Uh, well, be careful. That's medical equipment. That, I am so finesse. sorry. I, I, that, that was me. I am so sorry, sir. We're scooping up the body and kind of putting it back on. Okay. Yeah, you guys get the body back on. Would, would somebody like to take over? I'm obviously... I dust it off and say, five Captain second Klutz. rule. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And then eating? you take a bite? Is he eating that corpse? I didn't say that. Yes. Um, <laughs> please, just... I got it. It's cool. Fine, 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 fine. And I'll get out my med kit and stuff and just okay. kind of do a detailed once over. All right, roll investigative mystery. <laughs> Jeez. Son of a four. <laughs> so you're like, excuse me, get out of the way, get out of the way. Professional coming through. <laughs> and I did to compensate too. for not, like you're like, oh, I don't want to put my hands the same place that he did. So you move to the foot and you're like, all right, so I'm going to take a look at this. And you slip and you shove the body back inside and the door to the mortician's closet slams shut on the ankles of the body. <laughs> oh, God. Oh! What is that sound? Is somebody back there breaking chicken legs? Oh, no. No, not exactly. <laughs> that gave me an actual visceral response just now oh, in my gut. Wow. Sounds like Open. that part in Rocky. Someone back there just punching a side of beef. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm going to lift the door back up, get it off the busted ankles. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Dr. White, um... Can you come help us with this examination? Are you in a condition to get out of bed? Is that okay? Uh, if you could give me a hand, actually. I'm still pretty beat up from the events of, of this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I'll help him out of bed and kind of support him. So you help him over to the body. What exactly is it that you want to know? I mean, did you do like an autopsy on him or anything when he... Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you notice anything weird? Like, I know that this whole thing is weird. Everything that happened to him is weird. But anything you wouldn't expect to see from this cause of death? Well, the only thing that I noticed on the body that wasn't normal, there were a couple of lacerations near, like, the bicep or the shoulder. Like like claw marks? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Lacerations, like, um, it was like a laceration, not like a cut, but almost like when the skin tears. Like like scratches. Yeah, kind of like a scratch, but it's just, it's in a spot. It's maybe the skin got pulled really taut and injured, or maybe something heavy was resting on it and it slid. He, he moved a lot of equipment, and I just uh, uh, prescribed it to that because they weren't terribly old. They were knew enough that they were still there. Uh, but I could tell that they were not part of the decompression because the bruising underneath was was older than the bruising that was over the majority of his body. Okay, okay. And those ankles look different. I don't. I didn't take note of that. It looks like he's fractured his ankles too. Oh, goodness. It must have been the decompression for sure. Uh, he's got space cankles. <laughs> oh, no. That's what they call it. Yep. That's the technical term. <laughs> So you think something heavy or something that he might have been carrying might have done this? Oh, yes. I, I, I see it a lot of times, especially in environments like this where people are moving heavy objects and sometimes they don't want to get help and so they're doing it by themselves. What about the ones on his shoulders? Like that wouldn't be from carrying an arm full of anything. Maybe a heavy bag or a backpack. 
Well, okay. I, I think we might make a trip back to Fairchild Station then. We could go back and see if he's got... We could go back and see if we've got video of him lifting anything up or incurring any of these injuries or anything. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Any last thoughts for, for Mr. White? I just... I'd check him over again, make sure he's still stable and doing all right. And... Roll investigate a mystery as you go over his wounds an additional time. Okay. Ooh, that's way better. Uh, that is... 10. You get a hold two. What's being concealed here? You notice that his wound has some gashes in it. You never really had the chance to ask how he was injured, just that the creature had hurt him. And now that things have kind of calmed down, re-examining it, you can see it's a lot of blunt trauma. But you find little shards of glass, just three or four pieces, just a little bit of glass inside of the wound. Oh, um, so yeah, I definitely get kind of my kit back out and, you know, try to safely remove those and, and, um. Oh, is that what I, yeah. oh, I, I thought I felt a little something, but I didn't want to take the time to undo this myself. I'm glad you looked at that. Thank you. Of course. What exactly happened when it hurt you? Oh, it just, it smashed me. It, I, it came around the corner and kind of backhanded me. And luckily I stumbled towards the door and into the flight deck. Did it backhand you into something made of glass? Did you break glass? I don't remember. I'll be quite honest. But no, there's not really glass in here for the most part. We try to deal mostly in plastics and polymers. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I'm getting like a little, I don't know, look around for a little vial or something to put these in. Yeah, there's a little sucrets tin. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd put those in there, clean them off and um, pocket that. Oh, before you, could I have the, the last three mints in there? Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. There you go. Buddy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, all right. Just, um, you know, if anything seems to get worse or whatnot, just, yeah, just yell for me. Okay. You do have one more hold if you want to use oh. it before you leave. Oh, she will lose it. I want to just look a little closer at that wound where the glass was and use what happened here. Looking at the shards of glass and looking at the trauma and the bruising and the cuts, it looks like a light bulb, like one of those big, heavy flood light bulbs, broke on him. It looks like he was hit very hard with some kind of a light bulb, and it shattered, and part of it went into his wound. Okay, kind of share that. I don't know, part of me's back on the Gollum game here. Uh, White, is there uh, like a science lab or anything around here? Yes, of course. Give me those pieces. I want to do some research on them. Sure. I'd hand them over. Okay, cool. TJ, you're going to head to the science lab, and you guys are headed back to security? Correct. Yeah. So you guys get to security. Oh, you boys are back again? Seems that way. Well, what can I help you with this time? We need to go back and essentially check footage of David before he died. There were some kind of suspect injuries on him that White thought were a little out of the ordinary, and we wanted to see if maybe we had on video what caused them so we could eliminate a lead. So you want to see him where? Probably in engineering. I mean, where he's working. Yeah. If he was going to sustain the injuries, that makes sense. And White said they couldn't be more than a few days old. And so she pulls up the footage from the two days prior to his death. Now, just be aware that this is about the time that we started having issues with some of the different electrical equipment inside of the station. So, I mean, it does cut out every now and then, but that goes on throughout the whole of the ship. Well, that's also interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a good good spot for us to start looking then, really. Rule investigate a mystery. 
Well, uh, plus nothing. That is a six. Yay! So she turns to talk to you, Tass, and Jake sits down at the chair and is looking at all the stuff. And he starts scrolling the dials, trying to <laughs> speed up time and slow down and look at things. And like he sees like a red yes or no appear, and he's like, "Yeah, of course I want to speed up." And then you see that box go blank. You think you've just deleted some video files? <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Oh, uh, Fairchild? Yes. I um I think I messed up. I might have deleted some. Oh. Are there like backups? Is there a backup hard drive? No, this is the backup hard drive. Oh, can you hit? Can you hit back control like a Microsoft Z? Word or I'm gonna, con- I'm gonna hit Control Z. There's footage stored inside of the actual compartments, but this is where they all back up to. So, so you still have exists to, somewhere? Um, it, it, wherever. What happened to the engineering bay? So it's on the moon. Oh, I guess I hadn't heard the ramifications of your little spacewalk. I mean, it was headed for the moon, so like in theory, we know where it is <laughs> and probably the condition it's in, but we don't have it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if you want to see the footage more clearly, you'd have to find it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess we should probably go see what TJ has found, and I don't even think it's a bad idea if, we, if, it, if we're allowed to look through Young's stuff, see if he has like a journal of stuff that he was keeping track of or anything. Which one first, TJ or? Uh, let's check on TJ first. Okay. So TJ, you are in the science lab. What exactly are you looking to find out about this glass that he pulled from the abdomen of White? I am looking to see if I can figure out what this creature is comprised of and then maybe figure out its uh, weakness as well. All right, roll investigate a mystery. That ain't bad. That would be a 12. That is a hold too. What is being concealed here? As you look at the glass under a microscope, you realize that it seems pretty common. And as you're turning the platelet inside of the microscope to look at it from a different angle... You get a little bit of a reflection from the light in the room, and you're like, ah, stupid light, and you kind of turn and look up. And in looking up, you realize that you see the pattern in the piece of glass you're examining that is in the floodlights of this room over in the corner. It's like the emergency lights. It's the hazard lights. All I can think of is that white, for some reason, had some light bulbs on him, (laughs) and just like, creature smashed his light bulbs. (laughs) (laughs) I was on my way to change some light bulbs. Thanks, you're... Punch me in the light bulb we're, sack. We're like, we're like, were you near glass? And he's like, no, there's not really. Gl- oh, you know what? <laughs> I did have just pockets full of light bulbs. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it's it. an old uh, Midwestern superstition. Rockets in flight always keep a light in your pocket <laughs> on that rocket. So a light bulb you shall keep, so your parents will not weep if you die in outer space. Your final resting place. <laughs> impressive you guys haven't heard that old saying all the time i was saying along with you i know (laughs) it was you couldn't see that yeah i feel like my grandma used to sing that to me when i was a baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) what can hurt it then shattering it like you don't get a sense at all that this is part of the creature that it is compromised of this is very blatantly part of a shattered light bulb and so the light bulb's weakness is anything heavy what the hell? Jake and Tass show up right as you make this realization looking at the floodlight in the corner of the room. What you got for us, Hoss? Guys, I think that this creature may be comprised of just the simplest glass. Like, 
Are we dealing with somebody that's just in a freaking suit with light bulbs all over it? That's very much a definite possibility. Or maybe even not a person in a suit, but a construct that is wearing this stuff so we can't see what it is. But I mean, next time we see it, let's just hit it very hard and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. That is if it hasn't already made a robot body. See, that's why would somebody make a light bulb suit? I just don't get how that fits into this. I don't this either. This whole thing. How the light bulb we suit are, helps. We are in the woods right now, yeah. kids. We, <laughs> we are so in the weeds with David Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's just literally pieces of these lights, something's wearing these lights. So what the hell does that mean? Somebody or something is wearing the damn lights. How much of that uh, mechanical stuff was inside that suit? There were just some random pieces in there, like a hip joint, maybe like an elbow joint, like a couple of ribs. Okay. Woof. Okay, so that's something. Pearly Gates, what do you think about trying to get to that wrecked station and see what's there? I can try. I, I don't know how that will resolve, but I can give it a shot. All right, let's go talk to the commander, I guess, and see if it's cool if we scratch up another rune. So you guys head up to the command deck. Uh, What can I help you with? Well, our current running theory mandates that we go check out the engineering lab that has been jettisoned and is now probably on the moon, which means I might have to try to teleport there. I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to give it a shot, uh, which means we'll need a way for me to get back. So we'll probably need to break up some runes again somewhere. Oh, all right. Yes, I would say uh, let's try to keep it contained to the same location. So either keeping it in the flight deck or in the training facility. Uh, I mean, training rooms, that's where I'm going to go out anyway, so... Make sure that uh, Reeves knows. I don't know what kind of dangers we are exposing ourselves to taking these off and on constantly. Uh, Just make sure she is aware. Okay. Go pay Reeves a visit again. All right. So you guys head back to the Arcanum. Hey, hey Reeves. FYI, we're probably going to have to muck up some runes again in the training room because I am going to try to teleport to the moon and back. Oh, should I just leave them off? I mean, I hate to leave them off. For good, because then you're not protected for any amount of time. Oh, yes, it's true. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I know that, like, sort of cracking the window also isn't ideal, but it seems better. Yes. And she looks tired a little compared to the last time you saw her. You okay? Uh, yeah, it just takes... Um, some of the runes are very dangerous, and they, they take a little bit of life force to create. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm it's, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Mag- just some magic has a cost. I feel bad asking. Is this sustainable? Can you handle that? It, I guess... It depends. Like, every couple of hours, probably not for very long before I'll pass out, but I could do it a couple more times. Is it like a IV and some cookies thing? Like Yes, and some sleep and a chance for my chakras to heal. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, except in case of emergency, like, I don't think I'm, we're planning for me to go anywhere again. And if it doesn't work and I just don't go anywhere, then I can just be reeled back in. So we'll hold off on messing them up just in case I get stranded off in the ether okay so this might be a non-issue oh yes it it, it, i i'm more than happy to have to take that rest if it means not losing you into the void of space well that's sweet of you and we appreciate that Uh, i mean have you seen him yeah he's a handsome handsome boy he is we don't see a lot of people up here except each other and (laughs) all right well let's go talk to riley so you headed back out there huh yeah i'm gonna see if i can't teleport to the engineering compartment 
it very well may not work, so I might just need to be reeled back in. Yeah, right. Actually, last time I teleported while I was roped off to something, it just severed the rope. And I don't want to do that to, like, the fancy steel cable. Is there any sort of, uh, something, like, is there, like, rope or something in here that we can tie off to the end of it that we don't mind losing? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure we can find some rope. So he gets you all suited up and gets you into the airlock and... He indicates through the window the button you need to push to uh, open the airlock. And I wave, and I hit the button. And you start to drift out into space as the small little room decompresses. Yeah, and once I'm past like the threshold with runes, I'm going to try. I'm going to focus down on being inside the engineering room and see if I can't go there. Tass and TJ, through the small window, you see Jake floating outside the Eye of Horus, and then he vanishes. And there's a moment of stillness. And then you feel the whole station shift under your feet, and then all the lights cut out. Jake, you appear in what you assume is the engineering bay, but it's hard to tell because there's no light except a low pulse coming from a monitor in the back of the room. You approach the monitor to see, like, what's this light spilling from it? And from the spill on the screen, you can see the hole that TJ had cut in the back, and it's been patched. You look down at the flashing message on the computer monitor... And it reads, emergency redocking sequence, Eye of Horus, complete. Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You're invited to check out Dum Dums and Dragons, a podcast where improvisers play Dungeons and Dragons for the very first time. Join our three heroes, Quinny, a thief who escaped prison by serving his full sentence, Alan, a wizard who doesn't understand magic has consequences, and Butthole, a cleric who prays to a god he invented, as they save the world alongside special guest heroes, including not Peter Baelish. Brings us to not Peter Baelish. Ah, I see the wands near the back of the court, and because I'm not Peter Baelish, I don't really care about people, really. <laughs> so I cast Thunderwave in the direction of where the wand is, because I assume the wall of people <laughs> <laughs> caught up in it will maybe kind of hit the guy. So a wave of civilians are thrown sort of across the courtroom against the south wall. The acolyte manages to duck behind the... Uh, <laughs> The wave of humanity. There's a lot of moaning and, and kind of writhing. Uh, you get the sense that they're hurt but not dead. People who uh, manage to dodge the wave are like screaming because this is not what they expected when they came to court today. Worth it. <laughs> Dom Doms and Dragons. Check it out now 